Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to another episode of Musicals Taught Me Everything I Know, the podcast where we talk about musicals and all the lessons that they have taught us and teach us every time we listen to them. I am your host, NC Weber. Here with me in the studio is none other than... Miranda Selwood. Hello. How are you, Miranda? I'm well. I miss our friends, though. Um, yeah... I miss but Julia Eisenchega and it's me, KB. They'll be back. They'll be back eventually. Eventually. They'll stop having fun times without us. I know. That's the sad part. That's the sad part. But don't worry, we have an extra special, super great guest with us Ooh. today, all the way from New York. Oh my God. We have none other than Becky Ho or Rebecca Ho? Yeah, go with Becky. Becky! Becky! Hey, <laughs> how are you, Becky? I'm all right. How about you guys? Pretty good. Now, do you or do you not want to talk about how things are in New York? Yeah, I can. <laughs> um, it's a little bit weird, honestly. <laughs> Quiet? Weird how? Quieter than usual? <laughs> yeah, it's like without tourists right now, which is incredible. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm really loving the less foot traffic. Yeah, okay. Well, there is but, a sunny side to every situation. Yeah. I learned that from a musical. Do you know which one? Um, Are you talking about the sunny side that Broadway is closed down for the rest of the year? No, that's, a, that's the other side. Oh, that's the situation. That's the cloudy side. Right, okay. <laughs> that is very upsetting. It is, it is. So, Becky, you, you have brought us a musical that I have mentioned a few times on this show before, and it might be weird that I'm, I'm the one hosting this episode, but you have brought us The Band's Visit. Now, can you tell us why you like The Band's Visit? I love The Band's Visit. I saw it in New York on Broadway. I saw the original cast. And it wasn't one that I was gunning to see in that season. Because I was like, I don't, I don't know if it's for me. It's <laughs> just a bit, yeah. But then I got really cheap tickets. And I was like, you know what? Why not? If you live in New so York, I-, I bet you say that a lot. You know what? Why not? <laughs> And so I saw it and I was completely blown away by it. I thought it was absolutely incredible. And then I was lucky enough that year to attend the Tony Awards because they had a student rush deal. Nice. And so like I slept outside of Radio City, got a student ticket. It was crazy. It was a crazy like 24 hours. And um, and then I watched it sweep the Tonys and I was like, it definitely deserved it that season. It did. It is actually one of only four shows that have won the uh, the big six, apparently. That- we are talking too much about this musical. Oh, we need we to talk more done- about Becky. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm getting carried away. Okay. So Becky, you are currently studying in the MFA acting program at Columbia University. Now you also live in New York so you get to do all these crazy things like just like oh just spur of the moment decide to go see the Tony Awards whatever (laughs) Uh, (laughs) hey we did that 
We there was, was not a spur of the moment. It was less spurring. <laughs> well, there was a few months of planning and a bit of saving involved. <laughs> well, the student rush tickets were only like only made available the day before the Tony Awards. Okay, so, well, you you are still a good person then, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Um, shall we find out more I about Beckham? Them. I slept outside on the street for them. Okay, yeah, you weren't that. Like, yeah, uh, in my opinion, I earned them. I, I won't hold it against you anymore. But let's get to know a little <laughs> bit more about you. So. Now this is our patented getting to know you quiz. Getting to know you, getting to know all about you. I do appreciate that the last few times you've gone like actually legit singing it and it's not like a parody anymore. Well, you know, <laughs> it ebbs and flows. <laughs> okay, Becky, which musical yes. character would other people compare you to? Now I asked my friend this because I had no idea. Mm-hmm. And she said Penny from Hairspray and Lydia from Beetlejuice. To which oh. I said those Aww. are two very different characters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which mm. are you a Gemini? Because that might that might. <laughs> no, oh, okay. I think I think the like she said the energy of like Penny from Hairspray, and then like my sarcasm and cynicism <laughs> from Lydia and Beetlejuice. All right, yeah, okay, fair enough. Well, which musical character would you like other people to compare you to? I would like other people to compare me to Eliza in Hamilton because I think she's possibly the most heart-driven character there ever was. <laughs> Nice. And like appears to be kind of kind of soft on the outside when you first meet her, but she's completely firm in her beliefs, stands up for what she believes in, speaks out about it, and probably the most generous and selfless character that I know of to date. Absolutely. Good answer. That is well justified. Yeah. That's I think you should, you know, write a paper on that. Or <laughs> just go and do it. You're in New York. Anything can happen. <laughs> um, so what's your dream role? Oh, Eurydice in Hades Town. Yay. <laughs> yes, oh, I that, need that. to play that girl. <laughs> You've made Zane so happy. I'm very happy. I think that's our first Hades Town answer for dream role. So thank you very much. Need, yes. Need to play that girl in my lifetime. <laughs> well, what's your favorite Sondheim? I actually haven't seen that many. What? Or listened to that. I know. I what? know. It's kind of like sacrilegious amongst all my musical theater friends. I, I maybe but... maybe we can't do this. Maybe we can't do this episode after all. <laughs> I'm sorry, um, there's something wrong with the connection. <laughs> yeah, it was already 50-50 when you brought the band's visit, uh, I think. Now, 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 now. But I will say, I saw a production of Merrily We Roll Along, and I loved it. Okay, well, that, that's that's fine. It's just, that can be your favourite for now. Merrily needs some more love in this question, I think. I think it does. So thank you. Okay, now that you have Miranda's seal of approval... <laughs> I would like to know what your go-to shower song is. Quite one, honestly, it's whatever it is when I hit shuffle on my musical playlist. But right, so you listen to music in the shower and and sing along. Yeah, that's a mood. Doesn't everyone? I don't listen to music. I I sing whatever is in my I heart. I am the music. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Give Which... free concerts every night. Uh, you're welcome, my neighbours. <clears throat> exactly. But if I had to pick, quite possibly Requiem from Dear Evan Hansen, because it's just cool. a really great one to get that acoustics that going in the shower. That, that would sing in the shower mm. in its own mm. way. And now for the final controversial question. I'm so nervous. You must delete one musical from existence. It cannot be Cats. Because Cats is already what? gone. It's already it's gone. Dead. We've killed it's it so more dead. than nine times. And <laughs> okay. and I'm making the call that also Phantom and Love Never Dies, they're out. They've been killed. <laughs> they've been killed too many Take times. All the easy answers. Yes. You must you must hurt yourself. 
to <laughs> answer this question. We're going to have like a, a Andrew Lloyd Webber's already done Maybe. pause to this <laughs> Maybe question we will. soon enough. Okay. <laughs> See, you've Sponge made it Bob. hard. Good one, Zane. SpongeBob. SpongeBob. SpongeBob SquarePants. That, SpongeBob. That might be the first time SpongeBob's been killed. Yeah. 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 I get it though. I get it. Especially, especially because you're bringing a band, the band's visit. To the show, I know same the year. same. They're same the competing in the same year. Yeah, and like that—that's something that we will talk about uh, as we get and into I the show. Both of them. <laughs> We're about to experience um, a cat. Cat-related. The- there we go. <laughs> there okay. We go. She knows she's not allowed on the table. Um, Everyone, that was my cat, Leia. She's now exited stage left. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and tell you all about the band's visit. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Okay, the band's visit. It's quite new. It it's is. It's quite yeah. new. It, it is um, <clears throat> 2017 is when it, it made its Broadway um, or That's its off-Broadway. Practically mm-hmm. brand spanking. Yeah. So uh, before we get into anything else, let us put Becky on the spot and I'm going to ask you to do a two-minute Plot synopsis. I'm going to time you. I'm going to time you here. You're not going to have to see it. I'm just going to yell at you if you go over time. So be prepared. Be prepared for that. Uh, Your time starts right now. Okay. So eight men of the Alexandrial Ceremonial Police Orchestra, they're from Egypt. They arrive in Israel. Um, They have been booked to play at an Arab center in Hetatikva, but at the bus stop, there's a miscommunication because Arabic has no P sound and regularly replaces it with a B. They accidentally take a bus to Betatikva and stay there the night. And... (laughs) lives change and don't change over the course of the night and then the next day they catch a bus back to Petitikva and play. All right, well, that was 30 seconds, That's so well it. done. <laughs> That's it. So folks, kind of the yeah. plot it's really not that involved yeah, the plot. There's no. not there's not a lot of plot in the show. It really is kind of a slice of life musical, yeah. I guess, is it's like definitely. Is it played almost in what you might call real time? Or yeah, it's almost, the entire we the see the one night. It's yeah. it's unusual for a musical to just span like one night and kind of one day ish. You know what I mean? Uh, I would just like to to direct your your your, your attention to the seminal masterpiece of uh, Rent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All uh, right, the, a Can controversial topic on this. Get through an episode without talking about Rent. Um, yeah, so it is. It is very interesting. There's a lot of. Um, it's a lot of kind of 
history and I feel songs in, in yeah in yeah yeah it's definitely a vibey sort of musical rather yeah. than a plot driven musical so so are you a Yazbek fan in general because David Yazbek uh music and lyrics for this one I am I think he's so clever and I think the particularly the music he did for this show were just incredibly clever and beautiful and because it's such an important part of the show mm. I thought he really hit the nail on the head with music so what's a David Yazbek uh so Yazbek <laughs> is a musician composer and lyricist uh you would know his work from the full Monty uh Dirty Rotten Scoundrels Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown the band's visit and most recently Tootsie oh my yeah that is um an interesting array going of, from yeah. the band's not, visit not to just, Tootsie not just stories and and subject matter but musical styles as well right yeah because this there's a lot of very traditional sounding music in this so is this his yeah. background uh, I have I just, he, no, so, just thrown random things out there. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> no, so so Yazbek uh, was his father was of Lebanese uh, descent. His mother half Italian, half Jewish. So he's not particularly he's not from Egypt um, or anywhere, but he is he is Jewish and um, of Lebanese or uh, descent, mm, yeah. which share a lot of similar um, historical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing things off the rails right here at the start. You're welcome, everyone. So what? What? Sell me this show, Becky. Sell sell it to me. Tell me why you love it. If you want to see just a beautiful piece of art, sort of thing, and you want to see incredible acting and beautiful music, you're definitely signing yourself up for something that feels more like a play than a musical. So it's one of those things where you kind of have to be, I feel like, in a, it's one of those musicals that you have to be in the correct, like, an open mood to meet it, in a way. It's not one of those, like, commercial musicals that you can just go in and just, like, have, have a great it. time, you know, just rock in and, <laughs> hey, I'm here for yeah. a good time. But, you know, it'd be the equivalent of going to kind of, you know, an Oscar-nominated slice-of-life movie and sitting down to see that. You definitely have to sign yourself up for, like, not flashy, not in your face, but just really beautiful art. The people who are masters of their craft work on stage. Yeah, I mean... It is... I think we agree. Like, I think the reasons you like this are the reasons that I don't latch onto it is, like, this is definitely a play that mm-hmm. has become a musical rather than a well, musical, yeah. It's a uh, very successful, would you call it indie um, film? <laughs> not not quite indie, but it came off the... Um, the film festival yeah. circuit yeah. and did extremely well. It's the the movie itself and part of what actually um, I find surprising listening to this is it's all done with the, in this accented English. Mm. Um, <laughs> and so I was surprised to watch the, the Israeli film and see that a lot of the film is in accented broken English um, because presumably because that's the common language between the two. They have a line about it midway through the the musical. So at first I was confused by it, but then when I realised that, I thought, wow, what a great, bold choice. Yeah, yeah. You know, Mm. they they could have just sort of ignored that element and told the story of the characters by placing them somewhere different or, but they kept all of that. And um, 
I think that they had a really good reaction, not just from critics and uh, audience members, but also from the people involved in the production. And I have lost it now, haven't I? Yes, I have. Um, A great quote from a cast member um, talking about how much he appreciated that. I'm going to find it again. Is that um, um, Ariel Stachel's quote when he won the Tony? Yes, during his Tony speech, he he basically yeah. said this is he talked about how important it was that um, as a Middle Eastern person, how important that this show was and how for a large part of his life, he kind of um, pretended to not be Middle Eastern and then how incredible it was that this is an entire cast of Middle Eastern people who celebrate who they are. And yeah, oh, really I- powerful. I found it and you did an excellent job of breaking it down. Uh, For so many years of my life, I pretended I was not a Middle Eastern person. I'm part of a cast of actors who never believed that they would be able to portray their own race and here we are doing that. And not only that, but we're getting messages from kids all over the Middle East thanking us and telling us how transformative our representation is for them. I want any kid that's watching to know that that your biggest obstacle may turn into your purpose. I think that that's a beautiful message that says so much not just about that particular situation but also about the message of the show yeah that you know Mm -hmm. these people turn up somewhere they were not expected it was an obstacle in their path but they created change they affected people's lives and so what you're saying is this musical is it's more than priscilla queen of the desert (laughs) set uh in the middle east Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> More than <meets> the eye. <laughs> um, I will say because it's drag queens. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, an orchestra instead of a traveling drag queen show. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. the New York Times, uh, our, our our friends. Um, mm-hmm. so <laughs> it's a Broadway rarity seldom found these days outside the canon of Stephen Sondheim an honest to God musical for grown ups mm-hmm. I think that really sums up where this comes from like this doesn't talk down to the audience like it's it's no not at all it's definitely a musical about adults experiencing adult things and that is why this musical stuck out in the year that it did because against SpongeBob SquarePants, yeah. SpongeBob, Frozen, and Mean Girls, Girls. <laughs> uh, <Yeah. laughs> were the other were the other three nominations for best musical that year. Mm. Um, and I, I definitely different. see why this wins. Yeah, yeah. The other, like, like the other, it was just compare. Like, it's hard to compare them in a way because the others are built out of kind of a commercial mm-hmm. situation, and this one wasn't in a way. But I think that's what makes it prime for awards. Because yeah. it has so much more truth and meaning and purpose than, yeah. hey, well, yeah. that was a popular movie and or slash <laughs> and story. Like this is this is definitely it doesn't have a lot of plot, but its characters, all of its characters, change throughout, and that's that's kind of the story. Mm-hmm. Like I really appreciate the story of this, and I really enjoy the 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 movie. It honestly, it's the music in this that I just. Like really? I, I don't appreciate listening to this oh, musical. Really? Yeah, it's and that's really? the thing. Like I've tried maybe fifteen times now to kind of like hammer it into myself into, until it like clicks in my head. Um, because it has happened times in the past. Like I really disliked Wicked until I listened to it that one yeah. more time, and then I was like, oh no, I get it now. Something clicked, and yeah. then you went, oh, I'm in that. Right. Yeah, I, I get it. Um, yeah. The other thing about the 
the band's visit is that so much of what makes it special is that they're playing it. I mean, every musical, they play it live in front of you, but they actually have band members. They're a part of the, part of the people in the band are the actual band members mm. in like the actual orchestra members in the thing. And they sit on the side. They're just kind of there throughout the whole show and start like at first they're sitting with everyone and then they kind of sit to the side and play like in the in the soundtrack they have those like interludes and stuff and that is those characters sitting on the side of the stage in front of you wearing their you know uh, outfit <laughs> playing the music so it's it feels much more intimate because you can actually watch them doing it rather than just kind of hearing it mm. yeah, yeah it's a lot like once in in that, yeah 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 the way the musicians are blended into the show and in parts in the storyline um Mm -hmm. but it it also feels a bit come from away to me in in the way we see all these different parts of the characters just happen to be shoved together kind of thing um Mm -hmm. so for me it's somewhere between those two but i think it has a lot of the same thing as once that I experienced there as well in that I really loved all of those moments that were really driven by the energy of the music. But Mm -hmm. then we would get these solos where somebody would come in and sing a sad song about their sad feelings and I'd be be a lot less engaged. And I Mm -hmm. I think that that, again, is a very different experience watching it and being involved in that moment with that actor than listening to a recording of it. So when I listen to a recording of Once, I think, oh, God, these songs are all like same, same and so boring except for these exciting musical interludes that that pitch in between. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly how I feel when I listen to The Man's Visit. But I know that when I saw Once on stage, I was completely engaged. Yeah, yeah. And did an emotional investment in these songs. that's right. And I I feel like this show would be exactly the same. Yeah, so, I can definitely just, see that. Sorry, yeah. I'm defending it to Zane. And no, I <laughs> like you, like that's the thing. Like I have been saying, please convince me. Convince like me. I, I get it. I get why it's good. I just have not connected have with it with the it. way that see everyone, like a lot of other people seem to have. Um, yeah, but I mean that's something we didn't really like. We didn't go into like a lot of the interactions of of the of the characters. Um, and I think that that's probably wise because there's a lot of toing and froing, but there's a lot of kind of tragedy in their past and them trying to find mm-hmm. connections and, and talk to that. So there, there is a lot of like people trying to find something and this kind of these, this, this journey into this new place is kind of the catalyst that they're looking for. Either, either the, the main, uh, the, the lead uh, Dina who is kind of like actively looking for change or whether it is uh, Tufik um, yeah. who is like having this change thrust upon him. Um, Sorry, that's the band lead? The no? band leader, band yes. Leader. Uh, Tufik Zakaria. Yeah. And he and Dina have the the, the strongest yes. interaction that yeah. drives through the whole show. Situation, yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, they, kind of, they kind of diverge because the characters split up and theirs is kind of the strong heartbeat of the show. Yeah. I just wanted to flag that Tufik was played by Tony Shalhoub. Yes. Of Monk fame. Yes. Uh, or Spy Kids fame or... Very uh, surprised to Galaxy hear him Quest. sing, but there it was. There it was. <laughs> I read somewhere, I think it was a Playbill article, that said that originally he was very nervous to sing. 
because he didn't expect to sing in a way. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then um, they convinced him, and they were very surprised. Well, look, good on him. Like it worked, um, and he won the Tony for it. So, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but what was he up against? SpongeBob. <laughs> so I don't mean to degrade his winning of the Tony at all. It, it a masterful performance. It was a bit of a, if I if I will, a weak season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, that that season it was Just in general overall. Yeah. Like I think the season before was the Dear Evan Hansen Great Comet season, and then you had this one. <laughs> And there was there was an overall lack of new musicals that that season. Yeah, there was a, a lot of. Were I mean, only... all of them were adapted from movies, film yeah, yeah. situations. None well, of them come from anything other than that. <laughs> the um, the three that were up against it for best musical we already mentioned: Frozen, Mean Girls, and SpongeBob. But the only other original musicals in that year: Escape to Margaritaville, Ooh, yeah. Prince of Broadway, which I don't even have never what I've had no experience with that. And either. Summer, the Donna Summer musical. <laughs> so yeah, I don't I don't know that it was a, a strong year, but I th- I think we can I think, I think we can this, go on record saying it was a weak year. It was a weak year, but yeah, I don't think year. that's a reflection on the quality of the band's visit. I think the no, band's no, 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 no. would have been. But I think that's why the band's visit swept. Yes. yes. And Instead I, of just winning. I was it saying swept. earlier, um, <laughs> one of only four musicals in history to have taken out the big six. So the big six are um, musical, book, score, actor, actress, and direction. Who are no, the other four? Do you, want, do you yeah. want to guess the other three? Do you want to try? Nope, nope, and nope. Right. South producers, Pacific. Sure. Nope, not the producers. The producers Ooh. missed really? out on. Direction? Uh, no, I feel like it was actor, actress. 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 Perhaps. He's going to look it up. I will, um, yes. South Pacific, which is a surprise for everybody. Yeah. Um, but was also a surprise when we did our South Pacific episode. So I do remember <laughs> that happening. Um, Sweeney Todd, less of a surprise because mm-hmm. fantastic show. Yeah. And yep. hairspray. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Um, and the band's visit. There and you the go. band's visit. That's the only four who ever have ever done it. Uh, mm-hmm. I so mean, there obviously have been more that won more than six, but that's that. Yeah, but not those that, six awards. The core big six that get presented at the Tonys. Now the producers did sweep. Um, however, however, <laughs> Ula did not classify as a, a fe- as a uh, as an uh, actress. It had no actress was, to nominate. Yeah, it was. She was a featured actress. Yeah. Got yeah. it. I can, I can understand that. <laughs> yeah. Why that would be in that show. Fair enough. Um, so, yeah, that's probably. There you go. If you had had better female representation, the producers, <laughs> then you could have been <laughs> on that list. <laughs> Bring on gender bent producers. I will pay for it. Ooh, we can yeah, that'd be it. awesome. Um, so it did get a glowing reception. And in fact, um, it, are we ready for bad reviews, even though Julie isn't here? Please, yes. Um, yeah. Let me just find it. Talk I, amongst yourselves. Okay. Uh, so I, I would like to know that a question that I ask, I, I like to ask on most episodes is what's your favorite song? <gasps> mm, something different. Okay. I do like I something different as well. Loved it. And when at first, when I went to the Tomies and they did Omar Sharif, I was like, no, you did the wrong song. <laughs> that, that seems to be the one that got picked up for a lot of the mm. promo stuff. Mm. And I was like, oh, I get it because she won the Tony. But even before she won the Tony. Um... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's just so much. It is, a magical, it is a magical piece. 
but I think something different is just absolutely extraordinary. Yeah, I, I would. I, I also have a, a soft spot for its six lullaby. Um, yes, yes I it's enjoy so beautiful. Yeah. Um, but generally, for me, I just love all those lively interludes. Yes, <laughs> like, so cool. because that is um, that really sells the cultural element for me. Yeah. I know that sounds really <laughs> crass, but. That's yeah, what no, makes it makes sound sense. really different to any other show. And yeah. so that's what pricks my ears up and mm. says, oh, hey, the what's that? number sets it right away. Yeah, yeah. And it's just it's, music. No kind of no introductory song. You just have that music kind of playing as the curtain comes up. So before we go on. The concept of an overture, <laughs> I do love, but it's before, not actually an overture. Before we go it's on to overture, yeah. lessons we've learned, do we have the, I found it. the I found bad it. review? Bad reviews <laughs> without Julie. Um, <laughs> the reviews only criticism. So it, it was met, glowing. It met glowing reviews, mm-hmm. everybody, mm-hmm. even the New York Times. Um, uh, the reviews only criticism was that the seating at a far distance in the new theatre made the sound somewhat muddled and the sight lines limited. So that's I more disagree. of a comment on the theatre. Yes, it is. Okay. This is I what I'm saying. That's the, the only bad note. Of the orchestra and I had perfect sound and perfect viewing and there you go well we've even disproved that take so. that new york <laughs> times maybe if you're in the back of like the stands but i was in the very back of the orchestra and i mm. had no issue nobody puts reviewers in the back nobody puts baby in the corner <laughs> okay all right let's take a quick break with a quick musical interlude and we'll come back with the lessons we've learned from the band's visit So are there any strong, glaring lessons that we have all learned from the band's visit? I'm going to throw it to Becky first. I think I think to me there are two main ones. Mm-hmm. One, because it is a slice of life musical and it takes place over one night where nothing but everything happens at the same time. I think that is particularly relevant in the times that we're living in now about how life is very much slowed down for everyone pretty much. And that, you know, it's such a it's such a beautiful show where they have very ordinary humans go about their lives. They all have very ordinary hopes, dreams, disappointments and all that. And I think there's something poignant about um, being fully present in the moment and how, you know, their lives changed profoundly over one night without often, you know, I think the only one who was, yeah, like you said before, the only one who was actively seeking change was Dina. Mm. All the other ones had change kind of happen to them. So I think it's kind of profound that a single night can also change you profoundly, but then also not in the yeah. same way. Mm. So the fact that it's t- it's taken from like a slow time and, you know, we're all kind of, I don't know about you guys, but I'm definitely living this situation day <laughs> by day. <laughs> I think we're we're a little luckier here that you know yeah. <laughs> we can for the look first at it time from the outside in the little. entire history of Brisbane. Uh, <laughs> we can say that Brisbane is actually a better place to be than New York. Yeah, <laughs> just ever so the first time in <laughs> history. But yeah, I think there's something profound about slowing down and really trying to live your day and not living, not necessarily living it to the fullest, but realizing that things can change. Mm. 
mm. a yeah. lot in one day. And I think that's a little bit of what you were saying before about how you go into this show. You have to go into this show ready to experience it and accept it mm-hmm. yeah. and, yeah. and you know, be open. And I think that's sort of the message of the show. If you, yeah. if you want change, you have to be open to it and you have to see the opportunities where they are and accept change or yeah. something influencing the situation to create change. You know, you could that say that being said, I would like to piggyback on that in a lesson. I think that it, it definitely puts across through Dina, um, is that like she kind of when this happens, she decides that this is going to be a catalyst and this she decides that this is the story that she's going to live. And it doesn't spoiler alert, it doesn't end up panning out the way that she wants it to. Mm-hmm. And so I think that it says something thing about uh about like the story that you think isn't is going to happen is not always the way that life is going to pan out so Mm -hmm. take things as they are rather than as you want them to be um so yeah kind of pay attention to what's actually happening rather than deciding that that's how things are going to happen Mm -hmm. um there's a lovely little uh, message on the band's visit official site when they talk about what the show is about and their lesson that they want you to take away from it is even the briefest visit can stay with you forever. Oh, that's beautiful. It is nice. But didn't we learn that from Wicked? Shh. (laughs) Just because we have learnt the lesson before doesn't mean we can't afford to hear it again. (laughs) Um, Any other lessons from from the band's visit? Um, More shows where the musicians are playing on stage as part of the action, please. I think that can definitely be a policy of this podcast is we want that. the integration of music in a musical is not an absurd thought. That that's sensible. <laughs> but Do then, more you're, of it. then you're asking a triple threat to be a quadruple threat. It's yes. very difficult. <laughs> I think two of the actors who actually play like the instrument. There's the mm. guy who plays the clarinet. He was an actor and is that. But a lot of the others who actually play the instruments don't act as well. Okay. You can yeah, yeah. a little bit of crossover, yeah. but not all of a it. A little bit. Maybe maybe only two of the actors also play, you know, their instrument um, to the caliber is, of everybody else. There is I don't because know if Kufik um... just conducts <laughs> and then um Arya Stachel's character plays something like the triangle. <laughs> <laughs> There's another guy that plays the violin and the violin, yes. and the what looks like a lute to me, but it's not. It's something else. Maybe it's called a ute. Uh, no, that's yeah. a car. But I like think that. the guy who played the lute situation wasn't an actor. He's a musician, but he does sing. Lines. He sing. I'm sure. Does he? I don't know. Either um, way, not all of them. It's only yeah, a couple. Yeah. Um, you can see a bit of them in action and um, I found a really cute thing. I don't know if you've seen this for other shows. Um, the NPR's Music Tiny Desk Concerts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so the band's visit cast went and did, it wasn't the whole cast, but it was um, uh, mm-hmm. most of the musicians, the music director and a couple of the, the main cast um, went in and did a Tiny Desk concert, which I found was really cute. So if you're interested in that, we'll link it in the show notes um but it is a a lovely little they just play i think three songs and talk about the show a little bit um so it's a a quick entertaining way to experience it i know that not everybody can just go out and see it being so new (laughs) and fresh and in the middle of covid right now yeah so So all in the same boat right now if that'll do there's also a hadestown one which i thought i would point out that one was very good yeah 
Also, I learned uh, Tony Shalhoub could sing. Yeah, he can. <laughs> and apparently uh, he also learned that. <laughs> it's Arabic. Yeah. Um, Not in English. <laughs> uh, any, anything else before we move on to our uh, dream cast? We touched on it before, but I think representation is also an important kind of lesson to be learned from here because... Whilst they're not technically considered BIPOC, because as per census, they're considered mm. white, we all know that they are definitely a marginalized group that yes. <laughs> often uh, portrayed negatively in yeah. news and TV. And, you know, I have a friend who's of, uh, he's Iranian, and one of his, his, he told us that one of his favorite movies is Die Hard because the bad guys are German and not people <laughs> who look like him, which is often the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it's, um, it's, beautiful and very um i'm losing the word for it now but it's important that it shows this show, yeah. it shows those this characters show out of the other shows that were nominated that year that this was the only one that kind of really heroed marginalized people yeah at the yeah. time and showed that there really is a space for people who come from a different culture and even though they're considered white they you know they look different they have a different culture and that you know a show like that can do well like you know i, I think Ariel that Satchel i think said, you've just hit on on the big thing there is that it's not just the fact that it's showcasing performers of other um, nationalities it's showcasing the cultures yes. of other nationalities so it's, it's we, in the music it's in the text yeah, it's in we we sometimes treat representation of like just casting an actor in mm -hmm. any role when i think having these stories of other cultures is as important yeah. Mm. Sure. And I mean, like, there are large mm. parts of the show that are completely in Hebrew and Arabic. And there's a moment when they put words on the backdrop because there's a conversation completely spoken in Arabic. And I actually have the, oh, the wow. play. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Someone brought their script <laughs> to the table. And I loved it. And But they actually translate in this script any of the Hebrew that's and Arabic that's said. Nice. Which, yeah, yeah. I, which is cool. I, it yeah. was, it's unnecessary. You get it from watching, but I guess from reading it, you wouldn't necessarily yeah. understand what's going on. But yeah, there are whole portions of it that aren't spoken in English, yet you're fully taken on this journey. Yeah. I don't think SpongeBob SquarePants had that in their show. Oh, look, Sponge I SpongeBob. Am. I can that. <laughs> SpongeBob had a lot of messages. I don't think that was one of them. No. Uh, I had a lot of other things, I'll be honest. <laughs> so I let's... don't think sponges get enough cultural representation all right. in mainstream okay. Broadway. Or, all right, Let, let's, okay. let's take a quick break and we'll be back with our dream cast that may or may not include sponges. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Okay, so just before anyone else says it, let's just cast this show with the cast of characters from SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, well, 
I don't think I can do it. I just, okay, that's I fair. That's, uh, I don't have yeah, enough frame of reference <laughs> for that. Um, is Zach allowed to be in this show? Zach shouldn't have to be in every show. Zach Efron has to be in every show. He could be, if he had to be anyone, he could be telephone guy. There you go. Okay, he could, fine, fine. He can be telephone guy. He had to include him. He could be telephone guy. Becky says, I can have him as telephone guy. Yeah, I'm taking it. If Becky says it, I'll allow it because (laughs) I've been picking on Becky. Hebrew, though. Yeah. His character doesn't speak in English. <laughs> it's fine. He can do it. He can do anything. He is the Efron. Now, I want to say that this is a particularly um, dim uh, dark spot in my knowledge of Broadway uh, actors and performers and even uh, just I actors in general. I'm embarrassed to say Ditto. So yeah. uh, I, I was... Ho- oh, Becky, yes. I was hoping to uh, kind of throw to you for, for Dreamcast. Oh, um, no, I... I, honestly, my dream cast is the original cast. They were perfect. I, I was going to say, from what I saw, the particularly uh, Dina and Tufik were were wonderful. Like, I've only seen kind of recordings of them, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, they they were particularly um, wonderful in those roles. Um, and I think we can. I, I think. I mean, we always do kind of tend towards like unless they're they're playing an archetype or a stereotype character, we want to see new people, new unknown people in the in these in these roles um and so what i thought was really cool was that when tony shalhoub left the show the guy who played tufik in the movie came and did the show oh awesome yeah that's so, so cute but he he was recognized like i recognized him i he must be in things that i have seen the guy yeah. from the movie okay. i mean he's a lot less known than tony shalhoub let's be real <laughs> um can i just um i have put something in my search here on the google Okay. Yes. Which I'm ashamed of, but it's happened. And Terry Hatcher came up as an actor of Middle Eastern descent. Do we trust Google that that is an accurate? Perhaps she is. Terry Hatcher. Who is that? Tony Um, Shalhoub also came up, by the way. Um, uh, Who's Terry Hatcher? Becky's very young. Oh. (laughs) Uh, So I think the latest thing she's been in would be Desperate Housewives, right? Yes, probably. Yes. Um, (laughs) But in my generation, she's very well known for playing Lois Lane in uh, the New Adventures of Superman. (laughs) Superman. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, so I think we'll just say, yeah, showcase more, uh, more, ju- uh, yeah, I, I guess more, more Middle Eastern performers, please. Mm-hmm. And we will, uh, play another piece of music and come back with our top five lists. Okay, so top fives. Um, where, where, where would you put this uh, on? Which top five list would you put this, Becky? I would go if you want to see really good acting in a musical. Okay, Is there a list for that, like so best acting in a musical. Top five shows for actors acting in yeah. a musical. Actory actors. Yeah. So yeah. top top five musicals for actors with a capital A and an exclamation mark. Actors. Such a character-driven show that the acting needed to be in, in incredible for the story yeah. to actually carry. <laughs> Otherwise, you don't have no, a story. Absolutely. 
I, I would also put this uh, top five slice of life musicals. Oh, yeah. I can't actually think of any others. I know that there are some, um, but definitely I think this is this is a great example of what a slice of life musical can and possibly should be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to put top five uh, Tony Shalhoub roles because looking through his, uh, his uh, career – in he, musical theatre specifically? No, no, or? in everything. So I, I, I would put maybe Marvelous Miss Maisel above this, but then this. Because yeah. um, he's he's done a lot. Uh, not, not a lot of it appeals specifically to me. Um, so <laughs> not, specifically. <laughs> not specifically. But yeah, I think I think Tony Shalhoub was, was a big surprise for me in this. Yeah. Do you have any top fives, Miranda? Um, uh, top five um, actors playing instrument shows. Yes. Yep. Or or in integrated bands mm. on stage shows. I don't know how to word it, but you know what I mean. And it's in the yeah. top five. It's like <laughs> more live live orchestras. Live live <laughs> orchestras. In a way. Um, you can see I, I would say part of the show. top five distinctive cultural representations mm. for Broadway. We don't see a lot of that. I can't even fill out the rest of that top five list. So, yes. Fiddler on the roof. I mean. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Miss Saigon. <laughs> uh, oh, yes, that's a shaky like one. Yeah. That's the thing. Most most usually we see. Oh, me, I heard was very. Holler if you hear me was really good, but that wasn't like a a very American show. Um, So Mm. he he was definitely displaying uh, like BIPOC culture, Mm. but it was still very American. Um, So I'm still, it's like I'm talking about that um, an authentic cultural experience. Holler if you hear me would definitely, definitely, which I think that would maybe. Heights would be in that similar area, but yeah, we don't we don't really see that very often. Can we say rarity? Top five musicals set outside of the Western Hemisphere. Sure. I mean, there there are a lot set outside of the Western. But again, like so many extra (laughs) points for being somewhat authentic. Authentic and responsible. Yeah, the King and I. Well, <laughs> they're not very authentic cultural representations. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, other top fives. I would venture most interesting music. Okay. Uh, what? <laughs> uh, no, I'm not. I'm not going to disallow it. I want to know what else is on that list for you. Like, what? What? To give us a feel of like what you mean by interesting music. Great comment. Okay. Yep. Um. Oh, sorry. All I'm thinking is the adding machine. <laughs> 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 interesting is the word interesting is the word if you don't want to say bad <laughs> <laughs> but just something that's not your standard like cut and dry this is a musical sounding show yeah you know what i mean yeah, no absolutely Musicals have a very specific sound and i think this is not one of them yeah absolutely you know? i don't think that has and a lot to do kind with of, that orchestration like, you know, your patter song and you have kind of your big, you know, 11 o'clock number songs, but they don't sound like your typical ones. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, uh, top four, in fact, uh, winners of the big six. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Top four best original musicals of 2016. <laughs> I mean, 17. 17. 17. Ah, you're wrong. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think we might have exhausted the top fives. I think so. There's so, some strong ones in there, though. Absolutely. And, you know, it definitely yeah, sits yeah, yeah. at the top of those lists. And if you're listening to this, please contribute your own. Um, I particularly would be interested to hear everyone's top five most interesting music lists. I think that that's a really interesting list and is very uh, subjective. So I look forward to seeing that on our socials. Now, of course, Becky, you're not in anything right now other than nope. quarantine. <laughs> a musical. <laughs> so uh, oh, give it give it a couple of years. Yeah, um, not even. <laughs> uh, so, but we will we will put your socials in there. Is there anything else you'd like our, our listeners to know about uh, where they can find you or anything? Nope, just I only have an Instagram. Okay, well, we'll put, put a link to that if you would <laughs> like us to. Um, if you want to find out more about us, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, or on Instagram. You can find us at a website, that's not canon.com forward slash MTMEIK. Uh, you can send us an email at musicalstaughtmepodcast at gmail.com. Just want to give a shout out to the people who have been writing in, uh, in particular, Kevin Werner. Um, hey, Kevin. Yeah, Kevin is actually writing a musical at the moment, and that's very interesting. We've Ooh. been chatting backwards and forth about that. Oh, wow. Um, What's it about? I, too early? Too early. Too to early. I don't, okay. I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to announce anything that Kevin hasn't announced to the world. Um, so yeah, musicals taught me podcast at gmail.com. If you want to help us out, you can do that by rating and reviewing on Apple Podcasts or on Podchaser or anywhere that will let you do that. Or even just send an episode to a friend. Just be yeah. like, hey, remember how we've had that conversation about the band's visit and neither of us knew anything about it? <laughs> Listen to this. Or do you well, remember that time? Band's visit? <laughs> and why did it win so many awards? <laughs> remember that time when we did musicals? Let's reminisce about, about that. Uh, <laughs> Um, or you can become a patron, a patron and our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash musicals taught me everything I know. There you get bonus episodes every month. And if we get a thousand, I will dance the Necronomicon. <gasps> he said it himself without prompting. I won't be doing it in spandex. Uh, I will be yes, doing it will. in makeup. Uh, yes, like will. you can add a lot of things on there, but I will dance the Necronomicon in makeup and that will be 1,000. We are still, you know, a distance away from that. So I'm feeling pretty confident about my ability that, to never have to do that. <laughs> Prove him wrong. Prove me wrong. Uh, thank you very much for joining us, Becky. It's been very great talking about it. It's lovely to meet you. And I would just like to say it's been a pleasure to watch not only your beautiful face on um, our Zoom meeting here, uh, plug to Zoom, send us some money, uh, but also <laughs> you have a whole wall of yeah. are they playbills. Oh, my gosh. These are all the shows that I've managed to see here while I'm here. There's your New York few. privilege is showing, <laughs> Becky. Uh, <laughs> When you when you have cheap tickets for like forty dollars, you don't have an excuse to not go. Look, I sure. I agree, and I'm speaking purely out of jealousy. Yeah. <laughs> I was supposed to have three more that I was supposed Aww. to see, like literally Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then Broadway shut down on Thursday. I was like, uh, no. <laughs> tickets well, for literally Friday, Saturday, Sunday for three different shows. I am sure Broadway. Broadway will come back and you will get to see more shows 
Um, until then, thank you for speaking to us and come back again sometime. Um, and we'll we'll catch up about about how New York is doing some other time. <laughs> we'll, we'll check <laughs> in after you, shows again. after you go to the next Tonys, we'll check in. Yeah. Oof, I don't know when that's going to be. <laughs> well, they're going to be virtual online. So, in yes, fact, we'll yeah. all be able to see them. No one has to sleep on the street for tickets. I, I bet they'll still make people do it, though. <laughs> sleep on the street <laughs> for no reason. You, get, you only get the Zoom link if you sleep on the street. <laughs> Just for the prestige of it, you know. You have to suffer for your Tony tickets. Yeah, that's true. That's Only true. you're a student. Every other fancy camp got to buy it. But us students, we had to line up. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, Becky. Thank you for hosting with me again today, Miranda. Thank you, Zane. And thank you all for listening. We'll be back same time next week with more talk about musicals and the lessons they teach. And more hosts. And more hosts. Thank you, Becky, and see you all later. Bye. 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 Hey there. I'm Parker, host of Misfigured Life. Misfigured Life is an educational podcast that respects your time and absolutely nothing else. Realistic steps to accomplish projects and tasks explained like you're just a little bit special and in less time than it takes other shows to even get to the point. It covers wildly varying topics from robbing a bank to tending a garden and everything in between. Stop ignoring the background banter podcasts and learn something you could actually use. At least one new episode a week, which day specifically will be a surprise every week. Probably subscribe or something. Uh, that's not kind of productions podcast.